Welcome to episode number 84 of Quality Christian Living. Once again, I am your host, David Friend. Today we have an exciting message for you, one that I've been looking forward to because it's something that I've written about in my book, and so I've read some things and brought myself kind of up to date on some things that I want to share with you today. So I hope you're ready. I know I am. Today I'm going to talk to you about understanding that God is our biggest fan, and we must always believe that He is ready every moment of the day, every second of the day, to listen to us. When he spoke to Abraham, he made a promise to Abraham, and that promise was fulfilled. So I'm going to tell you right now, God's made a promise to us that he's going to bless us, that he has a plan for us. So today, we're going to address the title of this podcast, which is Knowing God Believes in Us increases our faith to receive. Long title, great topic, and I believe we need the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. So Father, I ask now your anointing would come down upon this session today. I ask the Holy Spirit would touch my heart and my mind and be able to bring forth things, Lord, that will bless those who are listening in. I pray those that are listening in today, Father, will receive something special from the Lord. And they too, Father God, will understand how their faith will grow so that when they pray, they'll receive something amazing from God. I believe it and I receive it for that right now in Jesus name. Amen. Now I believe that most of us have a difficult time realizing how God looks at us, how he envisions us. What does he think of us? What does he think about us? How does he feel towards us? Sometimes the way we feel affects the way we think God feels towards us, but God always feels differently about us than we do about ourselves. We judge ourselves. We're critical of ourselves. God is not a God who's critical. He's a loving God. He's an encouraging God. He wants to help us. He wants to bless us. Many times we don't know how God is going to receive our prayer requests, but we can change that today and we can determine in our own heart and our own mind that God loves to hear us pray, wants to hear from us, regardless of what we're going through, regardless if we're in the middle of difficult times or good times, our God is able to listen and wants to hear what we have to say to him. If we could only understand, though, the way that God sees us. See, the Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 8, 37. I'm reading it out of the New International Version. He said, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That's how God sees us, as more than conquerors. Do you see yourself as that? If you don't, I pray that this lesson, this session today, this podcast today will bless you and let you realize that that's how God sees us. Most of the time, we don't feel like a conqueror, much less more than a conqueror. I know many of you out there would agree with that. I know that's happened in my own life. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 8, 31, once again, in the New International Version, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, you see, this means that God is on our side. He's on our team. He's the leader of our team. He's the captain of our team. But bottom line, he's on our team. He's on our side. I like to look at it sometimes in the form of a football game. We're playing football. We're playing our life, doing the things in life that we feel we should do. Like the football player on the football field, he's doing the things that he feels he should do. And whether he makes a mistake or doesn't, God is still cheering him on. And God is cheering us on. And God is our greatest fan. Yeah, he's he's sitting there waiting and watching and anticipating us to be mighty conquerors, more than conquerors. And I'm, I just believe that we've got to believe that and receive it and accept it. And if we do, we'll make a huge jump in improving our faith so that we'll receive what we ask for. You know, when, when I said that he's our biggest fan, kind of compared it to a football game, well, it's, it's it really makes sense to me because I'm a football fan. I like to watch it on TV and the fans are going crazy and they cheer their team on. Well, God is on our side. He's, he's in our corner and he always cheers for us. Now, for some of us, it may be a little tough 
enough to believe that, that God, our big cheerleader, yet that's exactly who he is, and he wants us to know it. He desires for us to know that he's on our side. He's rooting for us. In Jeremiah 1, 5, in the New International Version, we read this. He knew us before we were born. He desired us to be his children. He created us with a purpose. He has a plan for our lives. God wrote often about how much he loves us. In Ephesians 1, 4, in the New International Version, it says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, the title of this particular episode is Knowing God Believes in Us Increases Our Faith. Well, I think those scriptures prove that God believes in us. And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that God's on your side and in your corner, supporting you and encouraging you and cheering you on, I believe you will be by the time you get through with this podcast today because we're going to look at some exciting things. Prior to pastoring our church, I thought my life was pretty well set. Our real estate business was doing great. You, For those of you who've been listening to me know that I had a background in banking and I was a real estate developer and then I pastored for 20 years and still do some pastoring and some help and some counseling and tutoring and things of those nature to help people as they grow in their relationship with the Lord. So I thought that though my life was pretty well said, I thought pretty much things are in order. Our business was doing very well. We were able to travel and to enjoy our children and our grandchildren. We, we taught the church that we attended and we had a wonderful church congregation that was amazing. Our Sunday school class was like a congregation. Our pastor Tommy told us one day, he said, you know, your Sunday school class is like a church within the church. We attended a very large church that ran thousands and thousands of people. And our Sunday school class had a roster of almost 600 people on it. On on a typical Sunday, we would have up to 300, maybe 350 people on any one Sunday. But that's a pretty good sized class and God blessed us. And it was really a blessing to be a part of that. I served on the church board of deacons. I led a businessmen's group, a church group, a Christian group, I should say, in our community. This looked like it would be God's plan for me. My wife and I thought this would be it for the rest of our lives. I'd make good money. I'd give financially to the church and bless the church, teach our Sunday school class, talk to men and help men. Yet the Lord showed us that he believed in us for a new direction in our lives. One day while I was sitting on the beach in Del Mar, California, I was reading a book on the life of a Christian entrepreneur who had built a successful fast food chain. Now while I was on vacation, this is what I was doing. I loved to sit on the beach with my wife and we would read, put a big umbrella out there so we'd get protection from the sun and watch the waves come in and break and read and just talk with each other and just have a really great relaxing day. So I love to read about the lives of Christian businessmen and women who built strong companies and yet continued to serve the Lord in their church and their community. So you see, that was the life that I wanted to live. Be an entrepreneur, a businessman, support my church, and be a blessing to those around me. Well, after finishing my book, I realized I did not have anything else to read. I asked my wife, Sharon, if she had anything interesting to read. She looked at me and she said, yeah, I've got this little book here you might be interested in. I didn't, You see, I didn't want to get, get up, go back to our room, go up the hill, get in the room, get another book, come back down. I just thought, well, maybe she's got something I could look at. So she usually read things very different than what I read. And her choice of books and mine were usually a little different. But she looked in her beach bag and said she had this little paperback book on the life of Smith Wigglesworth. Now, he was a great man of God. I heard his, hadn't heard of his name, but I didn't really know that much about him. She said, you might find it interesting. So I thought, well, he's a man of God. He had a great business. He was a plumber before he became an evangelist and a preacher. And he had an amazing, healing ministry where God used him to heal people literally all over the world. So I took the little book. It was just a real thin little thing, about 120 or 30 pages, a very small little paperback. She said that I might find it 
enjoyable and kind of enjoy his life a little bit. So I picked it up and I read it. Matter of fact, I read it in about an hour. It just blew right by. Just amazing how inspired I was to just couldn't get, couldn't get, read it fast enough to get to the next word of what was taking place in that book. And as you will soon discover, that book was used to redirect our lives and show us that God had a greater plan for us and to reveal to us that God wanted to bless us, that God wanted us to expand our vision and our ideas, that he was cheering me on, that I can do more in the church, I can be more involved, I can have a a great call in my life. So Smith Wigglesworth, let's talk about him for a second before I talk to you about the book and what happened afterwards. He was born in Yorkshire in the United Kingdom in 1859. Now at 48, as I mentioned before, he was a plumber up to that point, but then he became a traveling evangelist and he was active in ministry until his death in 1947. That's when he was 88 years of age. What fascinated me was the age he started to evangelize and went into full-time ministry. He was 48. Now that was my age at the time I read his about his life. The little paperback I was reading had only 140 pages or so. A very, very quick read. But Wigglesworth's life and his story and his accomplishment made a life-changing impact on me and revealed to me that God had something greater planned for my life. And so that evening, I thanked my wife for recommending the book. And during dinner, I told her that I felt the Lord had spoken to my heart about going into full-time ministry as a pastor of a local church. I told her, wherever the Lord wants us to go is where I wanted to go. This was an amazing revelation to us that the Lord had put a new path for our lives. You see, when I thought I had things settled the way I wanted to go, and that may be what you're doing in your life, that you've got something planned and settled and you know exactly where you're going and you've got a great plan for your life, or at least you feel it's a great plan, but maybe God has something different because he is so much behind us, such a supporter of ours, such an amazing encourager to all believers. You see, this podcast is about accepting God's encouragement that you will have greater faith to see greater results in your prayer time, that you will be able to understand that knowing God and having a better, a closer relationship with Him and knowing that He believes in us will in itself increase our faith because He does believe in us and He does believe in you and He's got a plan for your life. Now, I realize that I spoke of this event in a previous podcast. I believe I mentioned the fact that I was called into ministry and made some comments about it. But I wanted to kind of expand that a little bit in this podcast because I believe the significance of the Lord calling my wife and I into ministry when we were planning to retire proves that our God may reveal his plan at any time in our lives and he can do it for you also. And that should give you strength and that should give you hope and that should give you faith, faith to believe for greater things. Although my wife and I believe that retirement looked to be only a few years away, the Lord had a greater plan for our lives. And as I look back, I realized the Lord was was preparing us to start a new church. You know, prior to being called to start that church, Pastor Tommy Barnett, my dear friend, mentor and pastor, had put us over an adult Sunday school class. And I told you about that earlier, but I didn't realize that class was preparation to get us ready to pastor a church. I look back on that class and I think, wow, what I was doing then was preparing me for something greater to give me greater faith. Think about that in your own life. Whatever you're doing now is preparing you to have greater faith. Whatever you're thinking about doing in the future, God wants to talk to you about it. He wants to hear from you. He wants, he'll talk to you through his Holy Spirit. He'll talk to you through his word. He'll talk to you through people that you know and friends that you know and associates. And maybe, maybe your pastor will preach a message that'll speak to your life. I believe God has unlimited 
good ways to speak to his followers if we'll only seek him. The Lord waited on us to accept his call. He was very patient with me. You see, he was ready, but it took me a little longer to step into my calling. You see, I knew that we were in God's will for the changes taking place in our lives. The Lord showed us. He believed in us for something new, and he wanted us to have greater faith, to see greater results. He was willing to open a door for us. We spent over 20 years pastoring a new church plant in Scottsdale, Arizona. We were called to pastor at the age of 48. I was ordained at 50 and started our new church at 52 years of age. Think about your life. Think about how God looks at you. I'm telling you this because I want you to believe that God believes in you. It does not matter how old or how young you are. And it does not matter if you own a business or work for someone else who owns a business. Regardless, listen to this please, regardless of where you are in life, he created you for something great. He wanted you to have great faith. He wanted you to have great success in your life. God is ready when you are. He wants to bring forth new life in you. Don't forget, don't you ever forget that God is your biggest fan. He'll be your greatest source of encouragement because he left his word to help us and to receive the strength and encouragement that we need to be successful, to be what God wants us to be. And that's what success is. It's not the size of your church or the amount of money in your bank account or how big your business is or the kind of car you drive. That's not a sign of success. A sign of of success in our life is being what God wants us to be and doing what he's called us to do. Now, our story of being called into ministry kind of reminds me of when the Lord told Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. When Abraham told Sarah, what what in the world did she do? We read that Sarah laughed about it. Why did she say, how can an old woman like me have a baby? Now, I'm certain that Abraham and Sarah had many conversations about the words that God had spoken to Abraham. Then God said to Abraham, I will return this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Now, Abraham must have told Sarah that she would bear a son in the next year. Sarah had to be a little confused and afraid, yet she did not laugh this time, the second time that Abraham told her that. Have you ever laughed at being used in something bigger than you? Have you ever saw somebody with a great success level? Maybe they had lots of children, lots of grandkids, and they had a great Christian family, and you're saying, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I could have a family like that. But you know, you can. You can have that family. And even if your kids are in rebellion now, even if your friends around you are not all believers, you can have the kind of life that God wants you to have, that you desire to have, if it's a life that'll please God, and if it's a life that'll increase your faith to believe, to trust God for great and mighty things in your life. See, the Lord shows you sometimes things that we say, yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's right. I remember when I felt led to the Lord and we decided to start a church. We went looking for a building. I I know I'm kind of digressing and maybe jumping around a little bit, but I'm so excited about this session today that it's kind of hard to stay on track at times. But I can remember when we wanted to start the church and everything was getting going, and I thought to myself, Lord, how are we going to do this? How in the world are we going to be able to start a church with no people? no real finances to speak of and no big church or something that's going to support us and give us money and take care of us and do all that stuff. And the Lord just gave me this peace. It's called the peace of God that passes all understanding and it'll guard our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. Because I I knew the challenge was great, but I know that I served a greater God. And see, that's what I want you to think about in your life. You know the challenges are great, but you serve a great, powerful, mighty God with unlimited resources, unlimited ability, and unlimited power. So, 
Let's go back to Abraham real quick. Remember when God told Abraham about having a child, Abraham laughed. The difference between Abraham's laugh and Sarah's laugh is that Abraham got over it quickly, where Sarah did not. She still didn't believe that she could have a child at her age. So let me ask you this. You may have had some of these types of thoughts. You may have had thoughts like, yeah, God, right, but I just don't see it happening in my life. You may have had some thoughts like, Lord, how can I get my business back after losing it? Or how could I ever have a business someday, which has always been my dream? Or how can I make enough money to support my wife and children and to be able to help my kids get through school? And if you're a lady and you're leading your home, you might have that same question. How do I make enough money to support my children, get them through school, and pay for the things we need and we'd like to have in our life? Some people might say, how can I find a man or a woman who will love me after I've gone through a divorce? Others might say, how can I expect my children to change and turn to God and serve Him for the rest of their lives? And there are some out there that are laughing and saying, how can my husband, wife, or children change? You know, we kind of laugh in the face of God when we laugh about his promises. And we want to avoid that at all costs because God is serious when he says he has a future and a hope for us. God is serious when he says he wants us to be more than an overcomer, more than a conqueror. Now in the book of Romans, we read about Abraham and that he had doubt but he never wavered in believing God's promises. Even those promises that seemed impossible to him, he still held the faith. And we can do that if we believe in God that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything we can imagine or even think. That will increase our faith. And when our faith increases, we're going to see great results when we pray for our needs and the needs of others. Now, I'm not saying that we won't have a momentary doubt but we must always rely upon our faith in God. Do we really believe in our faith in God? Do we really have confidence in our faith in God? You see, Abraham, even though he had doubt, he realized that God was faithful and that God could do it. Now, we all may have a time of doubting or questioning or wondering and asking the question why about whether God will take care of our particular issue or our trial in life. But that's okay as long as we get over it quickly and give God the glory as we rely upon him. Never forget this, that God's blessings will not change just because we do. Maybe we have a change of heart. Maybe we have a change in our level of faith. Maybe we have a change in our level of trust. Or maybe we ask the question, why? But that does not change God's ability to bless us. And his blessing for us will not change. Now, have you ever thought about that situation? Have you ever thought about yourself wavering a little bit in your faith? Now, just because you are going through a trial or a challenge in your life or a physical setback, a financial setback, a marital setback, an emotional setback, it does not mean that God's plan for you has changed at all. Your circumstances do not change God's calling on your life. His plan for your life is still there regardless of what you are going through and regardless of what you've faced in the past or are currently being challenged with now or being challenged with in the future, we must have confidence and faith in God that he will bring forth those things that are not as though that they are. As I move toward closing this particular episode or this podcast, let me ask you a couple questions. Have you ever wondered why the God of the universe would have any interest in you at all? Well, I have. I've thought in the past, hey, I'm just one person down here and God's got a lot of people to deal with. Billions and billions of people all over the world. And yet he can sort it all out 
and is concerned about where we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Before I became a believer in Jesus Christ, I wondered if God knew even if I existed because I wasn't a believer. I was not connected to him through my spirit. I can remember being in the jungle of Vietnam at night because I've, as I've told you in the past, I served in the military in 1966 to 1968. I went to the Vietnam War. wasn't very happy to go there, but nonetheless, I served my country one year there. And when I was there, I had to take turns at guarding the perimeter of our compound. Now, I seemed to always get the midnight to three o'clock in the morning shift, and I'm not ashamed to say that I was usually scared to death, and I would wonder if this would be the night that I'd die. Looking back on those nights, I thank God for the hours I spent alone talking to Him. Now, I wasn't a Christian at that time, but I spoke to God often. I would say, God, if you're out there, I promise I'll serve you if you get me through this. And when I was shot at, I would increase my talks to God. Often I'd say something like, God, if you are real, if you can help me get through this, God, I promise if you'll protect me, that is, I promise to go to church when I have the opportunity. God, I promise I will pray and read the Bible. Those are things I said to him all the time. But many times, once I got through that situation, I didn't realize that God helped me get through that situation and gave me protection and comfort. And you know, I didn't, I'm sorry to say this, but I didn't really follow through with the promises that I made to God back in those days. I was not a believer. I did not understand how important it was to follow up on my promises to him. Now, what is interesting is that while I was in Vietnam, I almost never did what I said I would do. Yet God seemed to always be there when I needed him. You see, I felt he was always ready to listen to me, but I had a problem in listening to him. Now, the Bible says to draw near to God and he will draw near to us. And I found that to be so true. Later on, when I became a Christian, about five years after I came home from Vietnam, I realized that every time I chased God, he was right there. He was always there for me. You see, God's always the same. He's always consistent. He's always there for us. We're the ones that move away from him. We're the ones that don't push into him to receive greater faith. Now that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, I can see how much God loved me and that he believed in me and that he is my best friend and my encourager. Now, I pray that you'll feel the same way. I know that God loves you so much that he sacrificed his only son so you could have a personal relationship with him. And I realize that some may be saying, if God really believes in us, why do I feel at times that he's ignoring me? Why are my prayers not answered? Why does it take so long to see his response? Now, to answer these questions, we need to look back to Abraham's life. Abraham waited a long time to see that God believed in him. The story of Abraham is an amazing example of how God believes in someone, but not making it come to life until his perfect timing. You see, even though God believes in us, God is still sovereign. And even though he's our greatest fan, he's still sovereign. It's his decision as to when to bless us and when to answer the prayer the way we want it and when to delay that answer or feel that there's a better time or a better circumstance for us. The Lord kept his promise to Abraham, and I believe he'll keep his promise to us. The Lord believed in Abraham, although it was hard for us to wait, and it was hard for Abraham to wait. We must always wait for God's timing. God believes in us so much that he gave his son to die for us. He believes in us so much that his patience with us is never ending. Think of that. We give up on people all the time. God never gives up on us. If you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, this is a great time to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Simply say, Dear God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus is your son and that he gave his life for me. I accept him as my Lord and Savior and promise to serve him all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, you need to attend a Bible-believing church and tell the pastor that you recently accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He will rejoice with you. 
If he does not rejoice with you, you might need to find another church. You need to find a church that preaches the word of God totally and completely. They don't compromise it and they believe that God's word never changes. Read your Bible and attend church service and try to find Christian friends to associate with. Now I know I did that right in the middle of my ending, but I really felt the timing was right for some of you who are listening in today because you've struggled with accepting Christ, struggled to have the faith to believe that you can be saved. You see, when we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Bible tells us that we all receive a measure of faith. You now have received that measure of faith, so you can't say that you don't have any faith. Matter of fact, there isn't anyone out there who's a believer who've given their life to Christ can possibly say that they have no faith because God has given you that gift of a measure of faith. Believe it, receive it, and watch it grow. Now I'm hoping and praying and believing that God is going to bless you with this teaching today. So let me give you a very quick review of the highlights of it. We must never forget that God is our biggest fan, that he wants to bless us, and he has a plan for our life, and he wants to increase our faith. We must believe that God looks at us as more than conquerors, we must also believe in Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? And we must believe in Ephesians 1.4, where it says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. We must believe that God is always ready to listen to us. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to seek his face. The Bible says, remember, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We must also understand that we will have momentary doubt, but we must always rely upon our faith in God. It's nothing unusual to have a question or even to ask the question why or to have a little moment of doubt in our life, but we need to rise above that and say, Father God, I claim your promises according to your word. I believe it, it's mine, and I receive it now in Jesus' name. Now my prayer for you today is that your faith will start to grow even from this little lesson today. I promised you at the beginning of this session that you would have the opportunity to see a way to be able to grow in your faith so that your prayers will be more effective. And never forget that knowing God believes in us, knowing that he is our fan, he's our cheerleader, will increase our faith. So let me just pray as I close up this session today. Father, I pray a blessing and anointing, Father, upon all those who've heard this lesson today. And I pray, Lord, that you would increase their faith, Father. They would grow in it, Father, as they grow closer to you. I thank you for that in advance and give you all the praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. One final scripture on today's lesson. It's found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. In the New Living Translation, it says this, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. What that means is find rest, find strength, find confidence, and find faith in entering into his rest. I pray that for each and every one of you. I hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast. And if you're interested in learning more about my teachings on faith and trust in God, you can go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com. And if you'll open that webpage up, you'll find references to material on topics that I've been teaching on for the last six months. This particular series on faith was birthed from a book that I've written entitled Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's based upon the promises that God made Abraham and Sarah that they would be the parents and that Abraham would be the father of many nations when they were in a position that they felt they could ever have children. 
But God was promising them that they could have something that they felt had no possibilities. He would bring something from nothing. And I want you to receive that and claim that promise for your life. I want you to call forth those things that are not as though that they are. Believe for those things that you need in your life to come to pass. Even while you're going through your challenges and your circumstances you're going through, look at the end result of a great God who loves you and has plans for your life and wants to bless you. And I also believe that through this teaching, as you start Start to claim things that are not as though they are. You're going to experience a whole new level of faith, a level of trust in God where you just know that all things are possible and you'll look for opportunities to pray for others and look for opportunities to believe that God's going to do something great. I believe it and I claim it and I call it forth in Jesus' name. Now, if you'd like to get additional information on my podcast, you can subscribe to cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. How to learn God's promises outweigh the obstacles. I am so excited about bringing that next podcast to you. I've been working on it, studying on it, and the Lord has shown me a number of items that we need to talk about on our next podcast. That He wants to bless us, and He wants it to be the best thing that He can possibly get for us, and that the promises of God overcame the obstacles in my life, and it will in yours. You may want to tell your friends about the upcoming session. I believe it's going to be a blessing. So until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So until next time, may God richly bless you and may your faith increase in order to receive God's richest blessing.